Welcome to episode one of Trucking After Hours. Buck Ballard here, and I will be your solo host today, and I will probably solo host the first three or four of these. Then we will get uh, both Don and the Castle Curator doing this show as we wind down things over at the Trucking Podcast and become Trucking After Hours. It is a involved process. It is done for very specific reasons to make my life easy and give you more shows, better shows, and a whole lot better website. So with that, tonight or this morning, whatever the case may be, we have changes that are happening in 2020. And these are changes that will affect you, whether you are a company driver or a owner-operator, independent or otherwise. There's a lot of things going on. And these are just some of what I have picked that I think are maybe even game changers for a lot of people. So with that, we will roll in right to uh, what's going on in 2020. First off, I have one, two, three, four, five written on my list. Uh, and we'll just go off of those five big changes. The first one, and we've talked about this before over at the Trucking Podcast, is insurance costs. They estimate the cost of insurance for a trucking company to rise over 20% in 2020. I have to think the bigger companies will be able to compensate for this a little bit. Obviously, a lot of it's going to go right back into rates, but they can also play with deductibles and maximum insurance and self-insurance amounts and maybe mitigate some of the damage. Uh, You know the little guys? No, you probably aren't going to be able to mitigate that much. How big of a deductible are you willing to have? What will your finance company and all of the other parties involved allow? It'll be interesting to see. If you're leased on with another with a big carrier or as an owner-operator leased to oh, Schneider, whoever, what are their requirements? Now, you may get some discounted purchasing power on your insurance through there, but I see insurance being a big squeeze on the industry. Number two, we have this great new drug clearing, uh, screening, drug screening clearinghouse. Say that three times fast. I dare you. I told you it would be hard. The drug testing for all of the drug screening, now you need to uh, to change jobs. You need to be registered, registered with a clearinghouse. There are two ways this will work. You will apply to employ an employer and sign all of the paperwork so they can get access to your stuff, or you will just go into that clearinghouse and register, I am looking for a job, make this information available. That is how I perceive it working. I am not in hunt for a new trucking job anytime soon, so I haven't gone on and even looked. That is going to be a game changer, and it's estimated that will eliminate uh, as high as 10% of the drivers from the industry. I don't think it'll be that high, but it's certainly going to eliminate some drivers and uh, tighten up the available drivers willing to do some of the crappier jobs in trucking that they have trouble filling. I refuse to use those driver shortage words because that's pay me more money. Uh, End of story. Make the job more palatable. End of story. Enough of that. But as we're talking about the drug clearinghouse and this whole drug screening clearinghouse, I should say, this whole thing is just being unveiled. The government's website, of course, has crashed over and over and over. So 
here we go again. The government's going to create this great clearinghouse website, and much like the Obamacare website, it crashed. Now, number three on my list is I think we are going to see more and more cameras in trucks. Cameras facing outside, cameras facing the driver and outside. We are also going to start seeing smarter cameras. Cameras that know the difference between you picking up a celery stick or a Twix bar, whatever the case may be, or your cell phone. They will know the cell phone and boom, you will be recorded. Um, cameras facing the street. We have more technology now that is going to sense stop signs and other different road obstacles other than just the normal things. The truck mechanically triggers the camera by a sudden break or an impact or a sudden movement. Now it will be uh, triggered by events and things that it sees that you rolled through a stop, the camera goes off, things like that. Um, let's start with the outside cameras because I think this is important. They are going to become more prevalent Again, because of the insurance costs and because the companies who own the freight that's in your trailer, and we're talking the big ones here, don't want to be named in a lawsuit. When that truck has a fatal collision or a serious injury collision and there's one of these big lawsuits, they sue everybody. The driver, the company owner of the truck, the company owner of the trailer, uh, everybody involved, they will file for some sort of liability. The product in the trader, well, why did you choose that broker? Well, why did that broker not screen you properly? Everybody gets named in that stuff. And it is all about being able to defend yourself or not get sued. So those outside cameras are getting more and more intelligent. Now, the driver-facing cameras, and I've driven, I've never, I've, I'll tell you this, when I had a driver cam in my truck, that the company put in there. I also had my own camera in the truck that I put there because I want my own footage too. Just, just the way I think. I'm a little more skeptical and distrusting. I see the driver-facing cams. They're not that big of a deal. They are going to be more and more prevalent. Guys my age pushing 60 aren't really into that stuff. The younger generation probably doesn't care as much. They seem to accept the technology. Other companies have had the driver-facing cameras, and now literally tape over them. And I can think of two major big fleets that do this. They don't want the liability of, oh, there's a crash, and he was doing whatever the hell he was doing when he crashed. Now we're liable for it because it was our driver. So, yeah, they can say they vindicate the driver. They can also say, you know what, it, it criminally implies us more so than it might vindicate. And that depends on your company, and that depends on what they do. But cameras are going to be more and more prevalent. Now, here's where I think is the interesting line. You're an owner-operator. To lease onto the right company, are you willing to have a camera in your truck? Uh, your insurance company offers you one hell of a distant discount. I go think even in cars, you can go to Progressive and some of these insurance companies, and they will give you this little chip that you plug into the... Uh, OBD2 or OBD3 or whatever the hell connection we're using now, it plugs into your car and now your insurance company gets a notice for sudden brakes, for speeding, for different things like that. And you get a discount on insurance based on your driving behavior. I can't think of me saving enough money on my insurance. Double my rates. I'm not putting your shit in my car. End of story. Um, 
and that's just me, but everybody's to their own. I know a lot of people who have that little box in their car because they want the discounted insurance rates. Uh, more power to you. I, I don't have a problem with that. But I see that becoming more and more prevalent in the owner-operator model and the insurance companies who are willing to take the risk and sign you on. So I think cameras are going to be a bigger issue towards the end of the year than at the beginning because, again, of the insurance scare. Let's move on to number four, and this is a big one. We're at the beginning of 2020. National unemployment is almost non-existent. We're down into the mid-3% mark. That is, you know, right around 5% is full employment. There is nobody to hire. When you go to fill a job, all you can do is pay more and steal somebody from somewhere else, and then they have to hire somebody to fill that spot. There is not a big working pool of people willing to come in. And I'm not just speaking of drivers. I'm speaking any job. It is a tough economy to hire people in. That is going to limit out economic growth. We're doing pretty good, and I think we are going to stay doing pretty darn good. But as long as there are no new workers to be hired or very few new workers to be hired, it's going to choke gee, we need to expand. We're going to build onto the building and hire 50 people to work out here or whatever the case may be. That is going to get a little tougher. Also, being an election year, economies seem to, regardless of who's running and regardless of who wins, election years tend to maybe stagnate the economy for just a little bit while you work through it, regardless of which party gets elected. Things move on after there. But people's attention are really focused during an election year, and we are such a divided country right now. And thank you to our last episode of Trucking Podcast. We talked about it. All of the memes and Facebook and Google and all of these Internet uh, interventions in your life that are trying to influence you that you may or may not even be aware of, that tension is getting worse, and, and families don't talk to each other. Brothers and sisters don't talk to each other because of their political views. Uh, man, turn some of that crap off, people. But all of that is going to slow us down just a little bit. That will be in effect in the year. Uh, there's a lot of equipment out there right now. A lot of people expanded in 2018. And yeah, some of these companies went under who spent too much and didn't save enough and weren't prepared. Other companies, we mentioned it before, you have uh, Landstar knocking it out of the park in 2019. They had a fantastic year. Then you have Knight Swift announcing, well, we're rolling back our dividend shares. Uh, it just depends on how they did and what their mindset and business plan was, taking into account what the next years were going to be. Who predicted right? Who predicted wrong? Those are always going to happen, but that equipment is out there and it's still for sale. That being said, equipment costs. Equipment costs are going to continue to rise. There's always new EPA regulations coming out because whatever the trucking manufacturers build to meet the new regulations to make newer cleaner trucks in three years they're going to tell us how dirty and rotten those trucks are and how much newer and cleaner they need to be so every couple three years the requirements get stiffer and they have to invent the technology to fill these voids so equipment costs are going to be another big concern over 2020 especially for the little guy with one two three four trucks the big fleets just bury the financing into their rates, and, and off they go. The big difference with the big fleets and the guy who owns one or two trucks is the spreadsheet. 
your spreadsheet, if you own one truck and you blow an engine up, your, bread sh- your, your spreadsheet just went to hell in a handbag. Now you have to do damage control and recover. If you have 750 trucks and five of them blow engines, you know what? 745 made enough money to cover it. Uh, it's just more predictable, and you can forecast and predict, okay, if eight blew up last year, we can assume eight are going to blow up this year. If your engine blew up in your one and only truck last year, you're not going to assume it's going to blow up again this year. And if something goes wrong that costs you that much money again, it might knock you out of business. So scale gives them such an advantage. That's why they can run the cheap premium. That being said, I don't know where your play is for 2020. I still like the plan of an owner-operator, especially if you're going to go out and, and chase your own freight. Buying an older truck pre um Oh, you know, there is one other one I didn't mention as we get on to this. As we change over from electronic loggings to these electronic onboard recorders, and there's a lot going on there, those are going to be harder and harder to cheat. So that would be number six on the list is the new ELD compliance changing after the end of this year. Those old systems that companies used to be e-logged for years don't meet the new laws, so they've all had to be changed and updated. Everybody thought that had kicked down the road another year or two. It's not happening. Uh, it's taking effect. So that would be number six on the list would be those ELDs. I am an avid fan, if you've got the fortitude to do it, to go buy a 98, a 99. We've covered a few on, on shows past, and we will cover a few again. That, you know, fifteen dollars to $40,000, nice, older truck. And, yeah, you're going to sink some money fixing it, but the cost of a DPF, the cost of some EGR problems, the cost of replacing a bunch of uh, new injectors, I think will oversee the cost of buying that older truck that's in good condition when you bought it and what you're going to spend making it right in the first year. Now you're a little more flexible on the hours of service rules. Granted, there are some states you can't go to. California, who cares? Um I still like that play. I'd love to hear hear what you guys think. Excuse me there. I have some wonderful coffee here. Maybe I should have brought a bottle of water. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys think, and we will get there. Right now, we have no email address for um, Trucking After Hours, and I will be setting that up in Gmail. Within a couple of days, we will have... Hopefully, truckingafterhours at gmail.com will be set up, and that's where we will start. There will be a website to go with this. I have not built it yet. You can also get a hold of us at uh, feedback at truckingpodcast.com. That site is going to remain, and that site's going to remain active. The podcast on that site is coming to an end. The podcast on the new site starts now, and it's genius. It frees me up to do the things that matter. One of those is just give you guys good shows. With that, I promise you within another three or four episodes, we will have Don and the Castle Curator here in the studio knocking out some good shows, talking about all of the things we love to talk about. Um, And you'll see it right there on, let me tell you what the tagline is for Trucking After Hours because, you know, I thought long and hard and uh, I had a couple of people even comment that, hey, we love that tagline. And I have to look it up because it was so brilliant, I don't remember it. Uh, There it is. Trucks, business, lifestyle. Lifestyle is going to be a vague category. There is our cars. There is our pickup trucks. There is our other things. All of the goofy stuff and shiny objects we like to talk about 
we'll categorize those under lifestyle. With that, hey, thank you so much for listening to Trucking After Hours. And I'm going to actually try and put out two more of these yet this week to get the feet going and get it submitted everywhere they need to go. Please, 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 when you find this, subscribe. That's what gets it accepted into the other places. I would love to get Trucking After Hours into all of the places we have trucking podcasts. We're, you know, not just iTunes, Spotify. iHeartRadio is going to take a while uh, just because of the difference in formats. I will do that after the fact. That might be a couple, three months. But all of the other places where, uh, where you download podcasts, we are in the process of getting this into those players. Now, if it becomes, uh, gosh, I don't find it in my feed other than iHeartRadio, and I'd like to get it in there, Come February, March, if you're not seeing this everywhere it needs to be, I need to know about that. And I'll do my best to uh, um, to let that out. We're submitted to iTunes. We're in um, Anchor. We're in Spotify already. That is awesome. And we are, there was one other place we are. Um, shoot, I can't remember. Maybe Pocket Cast, I believe it was, uh, which is a big one. So those are all important, and it's fun to have us there. Find it. Tell your friends about it. I haven't decided whether we're going to do Facebook or Instagram. I will do one of those. Um, I'm really wanting to put Instagram with this one just because it's a little different. I also will soon link to where you can send voice messages. Those are so important because, guys, I have a boring trucking life. I drive five miles to a mill here in Green Bay. And I run a spotter truck around that mill for 12 hours, and then I come home. I do that four days, and I'm off for four days. That's when I get to do this stuff. That means I'm not in and out of any truck stops. That means I'm not interacting with other truck drivers. That means I'm not all over the country. The things I would love to be doing. And you know what? I may do those again in the future. But right now, I am here, and I feel I'm where I'm supposed to be. I feel I'm doing what God's calling me to do. And hopefully I'm making your life a little bit better in the process. With that, hey, Buck Ballard, signing out.